Well, let's start, Frank, with the NASDAQ and thinking about the broader market where we kind of had this head and shoulders, but then now maybe an inverse head and shoulders. Are you a believer in this potential bullish pattern that's forming? Am I a believer in patterns? Yes, I am. <laughs> but I think we have to realize the fact that sometimes when bearish patterns fail, this is exactly what happens if a bullish pattern takes over. And I think you have a tendency to have that happen more often when the dominant trend is up. And we've seen, obviously seen that occur before. We saw a typical or a very similar situation happen at the end of you know, October when things started to rally. But, you know, we came off the lows, but really things didn't get started until those bullish patterns started to break out. And then from that point is when we saw the extension for two or three months now. So for the NDX, you know, the most important thing, I think, over the last few weeks was that, you know, down 12%, pretty extended to the downside. In fact, if you look at, you know, it's RSI versus the S&P 500, it was the lowest in since 1990 at that point. So pretty quickly got very depressed. And we know that was because the value sector is doing well. But the point being was that that rubber band was very stretched. We knew a snapback was coming at some point, a matter of where it took us. And then from that point, from my perspective, the most important thing is to see where that next pullback was bought. And Friday, I think it was a very important thing to see, seeing the hold there, rallying to the close. Now we see the, uh, the extension today. Now, do we need to see this get above that 13,300? It seems like, Frank, just from my layman's examination, we've been at that level quite a bit over the past month and usually have failed. Sure, that's very important to get through. I think more importantly is, again, seeing where that breakout takes us. We know that it, it would be an extremely strong move to get all the way back to the highs with no break. So I think we have to look at this, realize that the most important thing, that we had that, that hold, we're seeing a multitude of these bullish patterns now all together. And you may not get there right away, but I think it shows that the market is comfortable at least having these consolidation phases as opposed you know, to work off some of the more overbought or previously overbought conditions as opposed to a much more of a bigger price discovery or price disturbance. What about if there's a failure to the downside and we don't manifest a move past uh, 13,300 if we is you kind of, kind of continue to grind or weaken here I mean uh, is that just kind of looking at the lows from earlier in the month is the next test uh, what do we kind of watch for to see if downside does persist yeah I think that's going to be very important I think those lows are very significant and people see them right not just in the NDX you're talking about arc before apparently obviously the posted trial for for growth and 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 extending to that point. So I think momentum really needs to hold those lows. But I really, if you look at things, uh, I think broader, it's, this has been going on now for a number of months where we've seen a rally, a pullback, and instead of these getting hit really hard, we're seeing that there's at least demand here. So this could extend for another few weeks, who knows, a month or two or so. But I think the worst, not the worst case scenario, you see a, a trading range develop after such a strong run to end the year. Mm. Frank, the Russell has been just impenetrable, and then now some cracks forming the last couple of days. Nicole and I just kind of walked through some of the fundamental aspects possibly behind some of this recent weakness. What do you see technically for IWM and the Russell, whatever the preferred way to track? Well, I think right now we've seen pullbacks before. There's a chart we have showing the last number of 2% no, weekly declines going back to the March lows. Yeah, we got it Most here. of the time, you get a snapback next week, and the average is nearly 6%. Mm. So whether we get that or not, 
it just shown that demand is, is there still, not just for you know, things that we follow, but the smaller cap names too. Now, a lot of that has to do, of course, with the value part of it, in particular, you know, regional banks. So, of course, that's an interest rate discussion as well. So, if if we see that, of course, come back, that's good for the Russell. But in addition to that, there's a lot of smaller retail names and biotech as well. So, I think, you know, we talk a lot about rotation. It's really been a passing a baton of leadership, which has kept the marketing in general in the uptrend. I see. So, generally, what we've gotten is a, a pretty strong follow-up dips in the Russell. I mean, just a very persistent trend. So how do you kind of look at those secondary indicators for, again, if there's rollover or slowness? Is the Russell just kind of a conversation of how that momentum to the upside changes as opposed to looking at real downside momentum? Well, I think anytime we have an uptrend like this, you want to look at a change of character. So for any one of these indices, Russell or, or anything else, it's, you know, the, the persistent uptrend may not last for that long. It's what you do with the pullback. And if that pullback then produces a lower high, then we can start talking about potential topping patterns, right? But we don't have it here, but that was one thing I was focusing on in some of the energy names, um, particularly the XLE, where if you look at the last number of weeks, still a great chart from where it came from earlier, you know, in, in the fall or so, but that could potentially be top information. Now, there's different big difference between a potential top and one that completes and has a downside target hit. But those are the things we have to look for, especially in the areas that are more extended right now. Okay. Hey, uh, Frank, looking at the bond market, let's go there because obviously all eyes have been on the 10-year yield. Uh, I've been loving looking at technicals on the yield. I know some people are not right. a big fan of it, uh, but I'm looking at a chart from yours right now that I think is a very important one. Walk me through what it means to you that we broke through that area that had previously been support for the 10-year yield. I think a lot of eyes are on that right around 150 or thereabouts. And I think it's really, it goes beyond the 10-year deal itself, right? Because if you look at a lot of these, the bigger countries, they're all doing the same type of thing. We're getting back to points where we didn't think they'd get back to over the last few years. So we can talk about the Fed, we can talk about our economy, but when you have the rates moving in unison globally, despite what uh, their central banks are doing, I think that's very telling. So at this point, again, we know that this is extended, right? We talked about this in a piece today where we had a weekly RSI of the 10-year yield above 80 for the first time since 1994, right? So that type of, of that, that can't persist. We know that type of level doesn't persist. But again, it's gonna be about what it does when that very stretched condition gets normalized. And then I think we'll see if people are really willing to go back into selling bonds and obviously with yields going higher. Okay, so it, I guess then this kind of bags, is this one of these uh, lines in the sand, Frank, that bags a test uh, if it was such a big deal breaking through? Is there the gravity pulling on us to see if it was for real? I think in a situation like this where everyone is watching it, if it gets back down to that point, I guess we're going to see, right? That is a very key level. No matter who you talk to, you hear a lot about the yield, people thinking that it's gonna be between one and a half and two. Those are round numbers, they're easy to, to see, but of course, if you look at that chart, we see that it's actually important. But again, I think it goes beyond the 10-year yield, right? We have to look at what other countries are doing. So, you know, if, for instance, we get a big divergence in the German Bund, for instance, um, that'll be a telling sign as well. That's not happening at the moment, but mm. again, thinking of things that could help lead us to, to see a change of pace. 
Okay. Hey, Frank, uh, one more. Let's uh, save the best for last year. Everybody loves Bitcoin charts. So let's check it out. What do you see? It's actually softening up a little bit here over the past hour, down about 5% today, bringing us all the way down to 55,900 and change. So where does, uh, what looks interesting to you here? Well, Bitcoin, clearly unbelievable ride, but I think the most impressive thing is that even though it's, it's up so much, it's just been a series of bullish patterns, continuation patterns, consolidation, whatever you want to call it, that keep on getting levers to the upside and breakout targets hit and then more consolidation. So I know we've had a number of weeks that has gone straight up, but you can look at, especially in 2021, an equal number of weeks where it's been consolidated. So I think, again, if you're looking for something to change, if one of those fails, that could be a telling sign. Right now, the, the most prominent one I see possibly developing is symmetrical triangle that's taking place over the last uh, few weeks or so. And again, you look at a symmetrical triangle, it could go either way, but you always have to rely on what the, the primary trend is doing. So right now, they would continue to have to give the benefit of the doubt to Bitcoin, anything else that looks like it has been an uptrend, and obviously look at things if they change. Okay. So maybe if that uh, kind of triangle that we're in right now picks a direction, we should expect it to do so with some power? I think we'll see. I think the most important thing for the downside is holding that most recent breakout point near 5260. Um, I'm sorry, 5260, 52, <laughs> And yeah, we forget what we're talking about sometimes. But at the same time, that will show possibly that uh, a most recent breakout point fails, which really hmm. hasn't happened for Bitcoin quite some time.